to another episode of Mic'd Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Welcome in, big country. How you doing? How you living? I'm, I'm living. Doing-wise, not so hot. No? I'm great. I'm good. Life's good. We're all right. I'm fine. You sound fine. I sound hungover, and I am. And it has been a, a rough morning. The worst part about it, I was going to save it for a Tell the Truth Tuesday. I'll just go ahead and tell it now. I forgot where my car was this morning. Did you poop your pants? I did not poop my pants. I went not, down to the parking garage. Part huh? Sorry, not telling that part of the story. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Go down to the parking garage. Car's not there. I was like, uh, all right, I guess I did walk home last night. That's fine. Smart decision. Good on me. Don't live that far away from the bars. Good of me to walk. Walk to where the bar is. Car's also not there. And I was like, uh, where is my car? I go to 609. Sure enough, that's where it is. But at the same time, I was like, it took me a second to find it in the parking lot because I forgot where I had parked. And I was low-key thinking someone jacked my car <laughs> or my ass parked somewhere and then just walked home. Have I ever done that? No. But it was like, I've heard of other people doing it. Did I just end up having to do that now last night? I did not. So finding my car this morning... A little bit of a search and rescue type of situation. I, I almost you just should have just texted me. I, I really wanted to, but I was just like, man, I don't want to deal with any jokes right now in the morning. I just need to find my car. I need to get some fresh air. I feel like I was on the verge of puking. I still feel like I am if I just disappear from the show. I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I'm finding a trash can. Not the ones at our desk because there's holes in them. So. <laughs> Again, my superpower. Dealing, oh. dealing with hangover. Like, I woke up this morning at, like, 6, 6 o'clock, 6.30, and was like, I'm going to go back to sleep. My alarm goes off at 7.30. I snoozed it. I set a timer for an hour for 8.30, and I was fine, and then I fell back asleep. And luckily, I woke up at, like, 8.45, and I was like, whew. Man, that was a good dream, though. <laughs> I got to go. And then I texted you. I was like, hey, I'm walking to my car. I'm grabbing a coffee. I'll be there in a second. And that was my morning. Trying to recover as much as possible. And it did not help at all. Yeah. Why don't you put those sunglasses back on, big guy? That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> I think there was a time in your life where you thought you, like, managed your hangovers well. Um, I, I don't, honestly. Revisit that opinion. <laughs> I think there was a point where I thought I didn't have hangovers. Like, you know, they, you know what I mean? Just being young in college, just like, eh, head hurts a little bit, I'm fine. Now they're just... It's going to last all day. I'm going to be honest again. I'm going to go home after this show, and I'm going to take a freaking nap. <laughs> take some melatonin and go back to bed. <laughs> oh, that, I can't imagine. I'm not taking melatonin in the middle of the day, but <laughs> I, my God. Please don't. I don't want to have to come wake your ass up. Uh, <laughs> are going to talk about some sports today as we continue uh, to look at these fantasy football rankings that we're doing. I'm um, going to get into the receivers today. I I put my list. We we each created our, our list that we have here. Mm -hmm. I thought mine would be pretty different. Um, 
but it wasn't. We actually we came away with the same top three guys for it's, our receivers. <laughs> it's kind of hard, like not to, just to be honest, because like when you want to put someone else in there, it's like ah, eh, they're just. You know what I mean? They're not as consistent as a Stephon Diggs. They didn't have, you know, the triple crown season that Cooper Cup did. And, you know, it's not Devontae Adams catching a ball amongst four other people. Some people might still throw in, like, DeAndre Hopkins in there. But looking at our list, we didn't have him in the top ten at all. I don't know if you realize that. For Hopkins? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to be suspended for well, six for sure. or whatever. Yeah. I think he was on the decline anyway. I think so, too. And not necessarily in terms of just, like, talent or liability more just like the speed and getting out of breaks and stuff like that's kind of where he was just starting to to fall off a little bit still 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 think he's a very good receiver just not going to be up there in top 10 in terms of fantasy you know he's one of those guys that i'm just i'm lower on than everyone else you know people like to give him his flowers or whatever Uh uh-huh i've recognized that he was one of the best receivers in the league for a while but even then like he he wasn't much better than Julio Jones. Like he he had good numbers. He yeah, really did. He just never dropped. Like he just didn't drop the ball. Mm-hmm. And if he did, it was just such a surprise. Where like that's everything the broadcasters talked about. I remember there was a game in Kansas City where he dropped it like right in the red zone. If he would have caught it, he probably would have got it. You know, a big hit would have taken a big hit, but still probably would have fallen in the end zone and scored. And it just like went right through his hands, and everyone's like, "Holy cow! Like that's his first drop of the season." Right there on like a young. Yeah, on a third and 12, I was like, oh, my gosh, that was his first drop. I can't believe that that's where it happened at. Uh, only but, 30 years old. So, um, Boy, I thought he was a lot older than that. Yep. I thought he was. I thought you were going to say sneaky young as in, like, 32. Nope. I thought he was, like, 35. Holy cow. Nope, he's he's not been in the league very long. He's only 30 years old. Um, he just turned 30 on June 6th, actually. Um, our top three receivers that we have, though, uh, for fantasy football, again, fantasy football, Devontae Adams comes mm-hmm. in at number one. I'm expecting a big year from him. Uh, Cooper Cup, we kind of talked about him the other day. Even if he regresses a little bit, I still think he's going to be great. And number three, Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Uh, let's start there with uh, Devontae Adams, though. I do think that him and, and Derek Carr are going to be a good combination, and I do think that Carr is going to force feed Devontae Adams. The, yep. the friendship there, it's smart football. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been doing it the last two years, yeah. throwing into triple coverage. Like, yeah, who cares? Devontae's down there somewhere. Yep. <laughs> Let's get him the ball. And I, Again, that's not me critiquing Aaron Rodgers. That's a good strategy. Throw it to Devontae Adams. I think he is due for a, a very big season in Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm right there with you, and especially with the fact, and I know I've said it several times you know, leading up to today as well, like that offense for Josh McDaniels that he's going to bring from New England to Las Vegas is going to be so huge for Derek Carr. And especially the fact that he can get the ball out of his hands quickly, and then when you know you kind of start bringing the defense down, and you know you're getting the running backs involved by dumping the ball off, then you got Hunter Renfro getting open, you got Waller in the middle, and just him being making plays. It's like boom, those deep shots for Devontae Adams are going to be there. And with Cooper Cup, I know we talked about it. I believe it was the other day too. You know, it's going to be hard for him to recreate the season that he had last year, and there's no doubt going to be a regression. But him having a regressed season doesn't mean it's not going to be a good one either. And I still think that's why he's up here for number two, even with Allen Robinson being added to the receiving core for the Rams. And then at three, I want Stephon Diggs. Again, I know I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. It just feels like this year is the year for the Bills. I know we mentioned, you know, last year that was like, ah, it kind of feels like the Bills were on a, and it was mainly me saying it, you know, it's more of like a revenge type of season. This year is like the, hey, 
get off the tracks, trains coming through. Bills are in town. Yeah. Like, I know that sounds super cheesy and kind of weird, but at the same time, it's just like... Right, like, I agree with it. It's just corny. It 100% is. But it's it's just like, man, it's hard not to look at the Bills. and Somebody watched Major League a little too much when they were a kid. <laughs> it's a really good movie. Major League 1 and 2. Um, but I just, I again, I just think they're going to have a really good season. Their defense is pretty much revamped. Their offense is good. We know Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs is just going to have another big season. Mm-hmm. And for me, let me pat myself on the back here. Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs, who I have two and three, I had um, Cooper Cup last year, mm-hmm. and I had Stephon Diggs in 2020. Yeah. Stephon Diggs also, though, I got him, I've said this before, I got him early in his career in a fantasy draft, like super late, and then he kind of yep. blew up. I was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? So he has always been... Uh, one of my favorite receivers. So the, that happened with me actually the first time I joined your guys' fantasy league because I got him and Michael Thomas along with DeAndre Hopkins. And I just, I mean, I ended up winning that year, but it was a stellar mm-hmm. receiving core. Yeah. Panned out very nicely. Didn't you take over for Dead Dan's team? I did. <laughs> and then immediately won and then have not done so hot since. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to call you out, but at the same time, it just hit me like, wait, you talk about how you won. Yeah. And it was in a keeper league. Uh, yeah, and I didn't. I didn't get to keep anybody. I had to start over. I had to redraft the entire team. I thought you. Uh, I thought you got to keep some of those receivers. Uh. Uh-uh. Nope. You guys made me restart. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, number three receiver against Fon Diggs for me. I'm going four. Is Jamar Chase number five? Justin Jefferson. I have those two guys right there. I think yep. that they're they're always going to be like neck and neck with each other. I think they're both great. Um, I've never had Devontae Adams on my team. I don't think that it will happen for me this year either. I yeah. think I had Justin Jefferson, maybe. It's hard to tell because I, I do play in a couple different leagues. Yeah, I've had – I think I've had all these guys, honestly. No, I've not had Devontae Adams, but I've had Cup, Diggs, Jason Jefferson on the team before. And then for me at four, I went Tyree Kill, and then five, Justin Jefferson, six, Jamar Chase. So we were very close with those guys. And it might be surprising to have Tyree Kill up that high still, but I think that that offense is going to run through Tyree Kill. They're, they're not going to miss a beat. And, and not in, again, not to be like, like the, uh, the 2019 Chiefs. Well, I saw that tweet. I don't remember who it was from. I also don't remember if it was a joke or if it was a real tweet. What was it? The the Dolphins, the 2022 Dolphins, would be like the 2019 Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> I think it might have been something that Tyreek Hill said. I think he did, too. And I think it might have been on his podcast. And as much as I want to say and be like, yeah, whatever, dude, good luck. It's like they have the right pieces to possibly be that. They just have to live up to it. Is Mike Gusecki going to be Travis Kelsey? Probably not. But you have you know Jalen Waddle. That's another speed receiver. You got Tyreek Hill, we know. You have some other guys in there that you know can make some differences and make some plays, but the offense, I still think, is going to be curated around what Tyree Kill is and what he can do, and that's why I still think he's going to have a decent year. And it's not going to be those deep shots. It's not going to be those explosive plays. It's just going to be, yeah, we're just going to give the ball to Tyreek about 15 to 20 times a game and just let him see what he can do. I have Tyreek at number six on my list, mm-hmm. but I don't feel good about him, if fantasy-wise. I, I still like uh, – Tyler, our guy is in here. He's a Dolphins fan. I love that move to bring in Tyreek. I don't know that he's going to be a top fantasy guy. 
but that might open up things more for Jalen Waddle and Mike Gusecki. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not trying to bash the Dolphins. But I do think that Tyreek is going to struggle to have that similar production that he had in Kansas City. I mean, you're going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. <laughs> there's going to be a little bit of a yeah. fall off. You're not going to get that 30-yard dart in a tight window while you're backtracking across the field because you kept the play alive. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I, maybe he does just catch more slants and maybe he has 120 catches and you know, just over 1,000 yards. I think that's... Jalen Waddle had similar numbers to that too last yeah. year. It's like he had all these catches. He didn't have a lot of yards. Um, I really like Jalen Waddle. He's not on my list uh, super high, but I, I do like him a lot. I, I think that he's another guy in fantasy that you could probably target in the right round. Last year he had 104 catches for 1,000 yards. Yeah. Six touchdowns. And maybe that's kind of what Tyreek Hill wants to go to. Is like, hey, let me just catch the ball, stop, dance a little bit, and then take off. I also um, think that could maybe you know lead to some injuries, but not to dig too far this? into that. How about this? Tyler put it in the chat. Friendly wager on uh, Dolphins-Chiefs this year? <laughs> Bring it on, bub. Do they play each other? If they did, I just now realized that. Yeah. Or you could do like uh, more wins. It, more. I think the Chiefs will have more wins than the Dolphins. They should. <laughs> I, I honestly, I would hope, but at the same time, it's like you look at the divisions and how yeah, tough it is. The Chiefs' schedule, Chiefs' schedule is going to be hard. I, I think even if you're going win loss on the season, there is not as crazy as a bet. I, I think a lot of people just assume like, oh man, the Chiefs are definitely going to win more games. It's a closer bet than I think a lot of people yeah. realize. That division's so good in the AFC West. Getting Mike McDaniel in there with the Dolphins. I know you're a big Mike McDaniel fan. I am. Um, I could, kind of talking myself into, I don't want to make that bet. Because I think it, it's going to be a lot be closer close. than people realize. Uh-huh. It, now, it also just comes down to, as well, how good is that Dolphins defense? Two years ago, stellar. Last year, it took them a little bit. Stellar. This year, defense. we're gonna see because you don't have you know what I mean you don't have that defensive coach the head coach anymore you know what I mean so they've moved on from him of course clearly but moving back to finish football and the receivers at number six I did go Jamar Chase and then yeah. I went I want to ask you about that because you're a little bit low on Chase I thought I was kind of maybe low on him at four mm-hmm. uh, I think ESPN even had him at three I believe four. and I've seen a lot of people have him at two uh, ESPN has him at three. Oh. I'm looking at the wrong list, my bad. Um, you had him at six. Are you expecting a little bit of a regression from Jamar Chase? Yeah, and it's kind of similar to the take with Cooper Cup. We're like, yeah, I, I think it's going to be expected for him to kind of regress next year, but it doesn't mean he's going to have a bad season. It's just he's not going to live up to those numbers again. I think you know Joe Burrow is going to spread the ball around a little bit more. I think they're going to get Joe Mixon back in You know, the mix of things, pun not intended there. But it's still with the fact of – like. Everyone now knows who you are. There's a target on your back. Defenses are going to game plan against you. They're not going to, you know what I mean? They're not going to do the man on man, like man to man coverage here. We'll let him outside by himself. It'll be fine. Screw the safety over the top. We're going to blitz. Like they're just, defenses aren't going to do that anymore. They're going to try and contain this offense because they know what it's capable of. And I think that's going to bring Jamar Chase's numbers down a little bit and value in fantasy as well because of it. Yeah. The Bengals are a tough figure out for me. Yeah, because I think they are going to be a better team this year. You've got guys figuring out how to play with one another. 
Jamar Chase, T. Higgins there. I think they're going to be a better team. I they don't think their record's going to be as good. But as far as numbers go for a, a guy like Jamar Chase, I keep going back and forth. Like, is he going to have a better second year? Mm-hmm. Or are we going to see a little bit of a, a sophomore slump? Or I don't even think you're going to see a sophomore slump with him. But it's can you duplicate? Those 13 touchdowns was huge Yeah, for him. ESPN has him projected for 84 catches, 1,200 yards, and nine touchdowns. Also, also projected to have one rushing touchdown. <laughs> I don't. How did they even come up with those projections? I have no idea. Do they just have a guy that is like their projection guy? I'm gonna have to ask. We have about every every ESPN. sixty some plays. I run a little sweep. That's kind of considered a run. He does so, though. Like, uh, yeah, he does get involved with some of those little end around things. Yep. It, I. It would probably go down as a passing touchdown or receiving touchdown. Sorry. No, because those little pop pass things yep. that they do. But for real, how do they come up with these projections? And I'm sure it's math-based. Yeah. They've got some algorithm. Probably just like the average of you know what defenses are giving up per week last year and then maybe kind of what they're – like where do you start with your projections? Like it, do you have to do the defenses first and then you can go to offense? If that makes any sense? Or is it just kind of like, boom, well, here's random numbers. Here we go. Boom. This is okay, it. so how about this? In the chat, <clears throat> there is a projection guy. His name is Mike Clay. Oh. All right. I wonder. I would like to job shadow him. <laughs> like, how do you figure this out? Although I'm sure that it is very advanced math that is way above my head. And it is also, it's kind of crazy looking at these projections. Uh, again, I'm sure that he is pretty accurate. Almost no receiver is projected to be better in 2022 than they were in 2021. Yeah. Just going down the list, um, he does have Jamar Chase projected to be better in 2022. Well, no, he projects more catches. Pretty similar season, but more catches. But even you know, going down the list that uh, ESPN has, Stephon Diggs projected to have 10 less catches. Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill. Somebody's got to have a, a bigger year. I'll tell you, there's, um, there's a receiver that's low on my list, and that's Debo Samuel. Yeah. I, I did not have him high, and I... I really like him. Real football, he's maybe a top five receiver for me. Mm-hmm. Fantasy football, I I question the quarterbacks in San Francisco. And uh, also how much he's, he's going to play. I don't think he's going to hold out. And you know what? I like Kyle you know, Shanahan, I, too. I think he's kind of petty that he might <laughs> he might not use Debo Samuel as well as he did last year. Just It's either going to be he's going to – Put him in the doghouse like he did Brandon Ayuk last year, or he's going to be like, "All right, this is how you're going to behave. Cool. I'm just going to run you into the ground. We're going to make your value right. gone. I'm going to use you in so many different ways that no one else is going to want to have anything to do with you." Oh, you don't want to play running back anymore? You're starting there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which would be bad for fantasy. It, or would it, would it be, be good? No, it'd be bad. I was going to say maybe you could play him at running back. Unless they, if they count as receptions in a PPR league, you're set. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, 15 rushes. They're not going to do that, of course. But I actually kept Debo um, in my top 10 right here at 8. Uh, Mike Evans just right ahead of him. Um, him, Tom Brady, and the whole situation of Tampa, it all makes sense there. But with Debo, I still think it's because, you know, Mike Shanahan, or excuse me, Kyle Shanahan still just going to feed him the ball, like almost just force feed it. Mm-hmm. He was such a huge part of that offense. And it might not necessarily be, you know, at the running back position this next season. But I still think the offense is going to flow through him and George Kittle, of course. 
and he's going to be a safety blanket for Trey Lance or yeah, the go-to gonna... guy for Jimmy Garoppolo, whoever's playing quarterback. Yeah. So to me, I still think like Debo Samuel, as much as there's the off-field issues with the contract and stuff, I don't think it'll take away from his value on the field. Yeah, and he's in that tier. I have him in my top 10. He comes at number 10 for me. So it's still, I'm not like putting him on my do not draft list. Yeah. Which for the receivers, I don't think I have one of those. It's just so up and down. I think my list and your list look pretty similar as we've run through some of these guys. It looks very similar to even the ESPN list. I guess the only ones that I thought I was low on was Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf. We talked about those two guys mm-hmm. on Wednesday. I have them at number 13 and number 14. Again, just a little bit afraid of that quarterback play. Yeah, and I thought I was low on them. Even uh, the great Mike Clay at ESPN has Terry McLaurin at 15, DK Metcalf at 17. Yeah. Well, confirmation bias there for me. That makes me feel better because I did think <laughs> – I was honestly – I was a little surprised we didn't get more hate on the like, oh, you guys are low on DK and Terry McLaurin. But we didn't, and – now we just up. we know what we're talking about. You know, this year I'm not I'm not going hot takey trying to throw in someone like ooh surprise name. Yeah. Um, if I had to do that though, um, I know we talked about Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, just a quarterback situation, kind of why we feel like it's going to go down. DJ Moore is a similar boat to me, uh, but two names that I'm kind of excited to see how they play this year. I don't know where to rank them or where to put them in terms of fantasy value, but just two guys that I'm planning on paying attention to is Michael Pittman Jr. with the Colts. Now that you have Matt Ryan, you have a more consistent, accurate quarterback who's going to get the ball out of his hands in a timely manner instead of just trying to keep plays alive and then throwing it 50, 40 yards downfield and hoping for a pass interference call. And it's like, holy shit, he actually caught it. Cool, that works out for me. And then the other one is Darnell Mooney. I've been on this guy, I think, probably two or three years. But like last year... There's your Noah Fant. And again, I'm not putting him in the top 10 or anything like that. Just the guy I'm keeping an eye on. But like, he had a really good season last year. And he's one of those guys that can get open. He's fast. And he's reliable. And I think you get another year with Justin Fields and him and them building that relationship. And he's pretty much the only guy that's there now that you can rely on. I think he can have a big season for Chicago. So, yeah, again, yeah. I'm not putting up way up high in terms of fantasy value. But just the name I'm keeping an eye on because I want to see how he does this year. Last year, he had 140 targets. Yeah. 81 catches, just over a thousand yards, four touchdowns. Maybe he could have that next bump to where mm-hmm. him and Justin Fields working together. I did see this one in the chat. Uh, do you expect the same kind of regression in Burrow that you see in Chase? 100. Yeah, percent Yeah, I do. It's just it is going to be tough. And you make it to the Super Bowl again. You have that target on your back. I do think that's big. I think they're still going to be really good. Offensively, even like T. Higgins, I debated putting T. Higgins in my like top fifteen. Yeah. I love the shit out of that dude too. Yeah. And then Joe Mixon there, they've upgraded the offensive line. They might be similar, like equally productive this year, but win less games. And then have more people involved in the offense. Yeah, and Burrow. As far as fantasy, <clears throat> I think Burrow is going to be a guy. I've always compared him to Tom Brady. Yeah. Which is weird because I'll also be like, oh, maybe Justin Herbert over him. <laughs> I don't think he's going to give you like great numbers. I don't think he's going to throw for 40 touchdowns or anything like that. He's going to win games. He's going to be very good. I'm at a point where with Joe Burrow right now where like I, I'm rooting for him to be good and excited to see it happen because I was a fan of him at LSU. Um, but it's still, it's just you're going to have to do it again. You know what I mean? Especially with these defenses in your division getting better, revamping, 
and then they know who you are now. They know what you're capable of. They got an extra. They got a full year of tape on you. And you're telling me they're not breaking that down this season. You went to the fucking Super Bowl. There's a giant target on your back right now. It's going to be hard. I think that's going to happen. But Ethan, what are our thoughts on Mike Williams and then also Allen Robinson with the Rams? With Mike Williams, I felt like last year was a flash in the pan because it was a contract year. But at the same time, you can sit here and look at it and be like, hey, they came in and said Mike Williams is going to be the Michael Thomas of this offense. We're just going to drop the ball off on these slants, let him eat, and we'll go. But it was also Justin Herbert kind of used him as a safety blanket. When he got in a tough situation, he would just launch the ball downfield, and Mike Evans would come down, or excuse me, Mike Williams would come down with it more often than not. So for me, I'm not necessarily buying in on that just because I think Keenan Allen's going to have such, you know, such an impact on that offense again. But I really don't believe Mike Williams, and it's also just the whole injury factor with Allen Robinson. That's someone I'm definitely keeping an eye on, but I don't know where to put him for a value of fantasy because now he actually has a quarterback, and it's like, is he going to explode on the scene, or is he just going to be kind of comfortable? I don't want to say complacent, but at the same time, just <clears throat> it's hard to year, say it without being like negative. You know what I mean? Last it's year was Mike guy's first year catching over fifty passes. Yep, got seventy six passes, eleven hundred yards, nine touchdowns. But kind of like we talked about with Austin Eckler too, it was a new offense last year. That might be the norm for Mike Williams. Yeah. I don't have him. I, what? How many receivers did I rank? Uh, like fifteen of them, and I didn't put him on my list. I think that if you, he's your number three receiver, you're pretty damn happy about that. If he's your number two, you're probably hoping for another good year out of him. But you might get it with the Chargers. Yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see. I don't know how they build off of last year as well, especially with Keenan Allen. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Keenan Allen, man, even, like I had him up here as well in my top ten. I had him right there at nine, and then I went ten at, for C.D. Lamb. But even with Keenan Allen, at times I feel like he just disappears. I and I mean that like the nicest the way possible. Bengals outside the Bengals, I usually steer away from the wide receiver tandems. Yeah. Now my fantasy football name is CD's Nuts, so I have to draft CD Lamb. But even last year, I was like, oh, you got Amari Cooper there. Who else? Michael Gallup. So I, I, I did target him. I thought he was going to have a big year. I will probably target him again. Mm-hmm. I think with Amari Cooper gone, he could have another big season. But usually, I do steer away from those big receiver tandems like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Maybe that's a bad strategy because. Even last year, Mike Williams was really good. Keenan Allen, just I don't think he's ever going to be bad. I did, I, looked, I did look up some Joe Burrow stats that are pretty interesting. He completed 70% of his passes last year. Oh, my God. That 70? is ridiculous. Those, that's not even a video game number. Even John Madden creators are like, hey, by the way, if we simulate games, nobody completes 70%. That's just unreal. Like even like sixty eight, it's like, damn, that's good. Yeah, seventy percent last year. Also led the league in sacks, mm-hmm. fifty one sacks and three hundred and seventy sack yards. Uh, he was averaging. I didn't even know you could find this. Uh, like eight yards per sack. <laughs> if they upgrade that offensive line, I might be coming around on Joe Burrow as a fantasy quarterback, as a real quarterback already there. He's probably a top five, <laughs> top six. Uh huh. But if they fix that offensive line, the Bengals might just light it up offensively. Like St. Louis Rams, greatest show on turf. 
That's a I, big statement. I think I'm going to move Joe Burrow way up my list. <laughs> you were pretty rough on him last week when we did, or was it earlier in the week when we did the quarterbacks? You were just like, ah, man, I just, I don't know. And just, you were almost saying you were out on him. I, I shouldn't I'm, say out, like in terms of talent, like you just weren't a fan of him. Most of my stuff with Joe Burrow is off the field, too. Yeah. Like, Joe Burrow will just wear, like, a pair of sunglasses, and everybody will be like, oh, I have to get those. Look Girls are just cool. drooling over the guy. Nope. Nope. It's guys, too. It's <laughs> everyone. Anything that dude does, it is, oh, my God, look at Joe Cool. And I just, I don't get it. It's like he just put on a pair of Ray-Ban, Ray-Ban sunglasses. Yeah, I mean, I think the dude's cool as hell. <laughs> I, I just, I don't. Know Maybe I'm a part get, of that group, and that's why I don't have anything to say about it. Are. <laughs> I just, dude, he's just so, he's just chill, man. I didn't realize you were so chill. Have you seen that TikTok trend? No. Ah, oh, man, it's hilarious. Sounds sounds funny. I just they walk up to this guy and it's like, hey, man, you can't park here. Like you're not like your car's not allowed to be here. You can't park here. And he does like this little like dance or something, and like dabs a guy up and he's like oh man i didn't i didn't realize you were so chill now you're good dude and he just like gives him like a hang loose sign and they just like walk away it's it's so stupid but it's hilarious but this pretty much show burrow as well there you go it is so hard to tell you a tiktok trainer where you're just like dude stop (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm so deep into this Bengals depth chart right now too (laughs) i have to change my opinions on the Bengals. i total 180 here I'm maybe going to move Jamar Chase up, too. You had Lyle Collins, Ted Karras. Then you have um, Alex Kappa, uh-huh. Jackson Carmen coming into another year at guard. And then I, I guess you're rolling with Jonah Williams again at left tackle, yep. which I don't know that he's ever going to live up to kind of his college hype. Uh, but they also added Hayden Hurst. I think Drew Sample's been okay at tight end as well. Yep. And then those receivers, hell, I, mean, I forgot about Tyler Boyd. He just completely gets forgotten about, but he's <laughs> very reliable as well. And that, again, that's why like, I, I moved Jamar Chase down because and it wasn't anything against him. I just think it, the ball's going to get spread around more. Defense are going to know, like, okay, hey, first option, Jamar Chase. Second option, it's probably Joe Mixon. And then it's going to go Higgins and then Boyd and then the tight ends. I just feel like that's how Joe Burrow was last year. And any big moment was like, I'm – Fuck it, Chase is down there somewhere. Yeah, um, probably so. You know who else is down there is Roper Kia. Check out their inventory online. If they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, they're going to give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. Absolutely. Next up is Gunspot. Make sure to visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't have to worry about it. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you visit their website. So be sure to do that at Gunspot.com. Um, here's a, a little bit of news that broke uh, a while ago. I saw some people in the chat talking about it as well. Uh, Chiefs franchise tags. <clears throat> Orlando Brown Jr., his agent, came out and said, the sides were not able to reach a long-term deal, so he will not sign an extension before that deadline today. Um, speaking of those Bengals, it also looked like Jesse Bates probably not going to sign an extension either. Yeah, and that then dude's the tight ends, Dalton Schultz and Mike Gusecki, they will also play this season on the franchise tag, but it doesn't look like those two are going to hold out. Uh, Jesse Bates and Orlando Brown Jr. might be missing some some games. Yeah, I mean, I feel like with the Bengals and Jesse Bates, like that dude deserves to be paid. 
I mean, he's just been a stud for your defense. In my mind, in my opinion, he just he deserves all the money. Also, the Bengals really aren't paying anybody else, so give the guy some money. Kansas City offered Brown the highest signing bonus um, and annual pay on a six-year deal. Jesus, I'm reading this live. Uh, but Orlando Brown's team decided there wasn't enough security over the life of the deal. Who would you rather get rid of? Who would you rather fire into the sun? Orlando Brown Jr. or um, Whit Merrifield? What a, they uh, got to go. <laughs> Both of them. Get them out of Kansas City. Okay, so again, so Kansas City offered Brown the highest signing bonus and average per year on a six-year deal, but Brown's team decided there wasn't enough security over the life of the deal. So I, I know you literally just read that, but I was reading it to myself pretty much there and out loud again. Thanks, yep. uh, You're welcome. Um <laughs> Like, I don't blame Kansas City for doing that. Like, I mean, was it just the guaranteed amount then? Is that what they mean by the security? Because at the same time with Kansas City, it's like, hey, man, we see how you are every fucking day. You're kind of a lazy piece of shit. And I know that's maybe a rough and brutal thing to just say, but if you're going to be lazy and you're not going to come in and work hard every day, why in the world are they going to guarantee you this massive six-year contract? How about we give you a six-year deal, and if you play up to it, yeah, you're going to get your money. But if you're going to be lazy and not very good, you're gone, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm not taking Orlando Brown's side on this at all. And usually I side to the players like, hey, make your money, do what you got to do, like take care of you. This situation, not at all. I think you also kind of have to recognize who you are. I wish I had the confidence of Orlando Brown Jr. Because <laughs> this man thinks he is the best left tackle in football. Does Is it just me or does he feel like the kind of guy that's just like, you know who my dad is, right? I'm just like my dad. I'm just as good. And it's like, I, I feel like that is just something he would say or that's the persona that he puts out. Uh, I, obviously, he thinks he's better. His dad was a solid football player. He's pretty good. He's never the top paid tackle. He's never, probably never the top paid right tackle. <laughs> but to a six-year deal with the highest average per year, if he would have signed that contract, I would be upset this morning with the Kansas City Chiefs for giving him a six-year deal and making him the highest-paid tackle in football. You're not making I mean, oh, my God. How do you turn that down? Six years and they're going to make you the highest-paid tackle? Or the highest signing bonus. Right. Man, that field sponsor that they have is just raking in the money for the Chiefs. Because they've been just giving everyone massive signing bonuses, and that's where that comes from, is the fact that they were able to get other sponsors for the field from GEHA. Welcome to GEH Field at Arrowhead. And yeah, like, that, I, God. I don't understand why. How can you turn that down? Probably, yeah. I, It's probably because of the guarantees. But even that, I'm sure the guarantees are up there. You're going to turn down six-year deal. <laughs> that, I mean, that also just makes... Like a six-year deal to play to play left tackle. Like that's the other thing. Is like you're getting what you want, and you're going to get a ton of money. And the signing bonus, like that is like that goes into your bank account almost immediately, right? It's kind of the whole point of that. Like, hey, because you signed this, here it is. You're going to get that right from the jump. He's not a team player. That's it. (laughs) Right? He's he's with Merrifield. (laughs) Yeah, Nikki Lopez coming out last night. It was an unselfish win. Ooh, yeah. got their ass. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I guess we'll see what happens with the Jesse Bates contract. Um, I did read earlier this morning, it doesn't look like either one of those guys going to sign, though. Uh, a guy that did sign last night, DeAndre Ayton, got a max offer from the Indianapolis Pacers. Signed it. It was like four years, I think, 
I don't even remember the dollar amount. Uh, it the Suns had forty eight hours to match it. They did within a couple hours. Mm-hmm. I, I was surprised to see it. I I thought they would work out a sign and trade somewhere, but I guess now DeAndre Ayton is going back to Phoenix. I, maybe there was some communication breakdowns there. It really felt like they didn't want to pay him the max deal, but they mm-hmm. wanted to probably work a trade. Even if you said, hey, like we're going to trade you, sign here, we'll trade you wherever you want. Or, you know, give us the top five teams or whatever. But now DeAndre Ayton going back to Phoenix, and he cannot be traded uh, since they matched the offer sheet. He can't be traded until January 5th, or sorry, January 15th. So DeAndre Ayton coming back to Phoenix. I I guess if you're a Suns fan, maybe you like that, having DeAndre Ayton back. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, at the same time, this is the dude that refused to go back in the game in the playoffs. That's going to be tough. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially with the way that it ended for him. But at the same time, like, you're the Suns and you're, you know, you're offering to keep him there and that's great for you. Is he that much of an impact on what you do offensively? Defensively, we get it. But at the same time, it's like, dang, dude. Like, what are the, like, if you move on from DeAndre Ayton, how are you replacing him? And if you keep him, you just, you need him to become more, more consistent and more efficient on the offensive side of the basketball. Yeah, even defensively, I don't know that he's that good. I think he's just more of a presence than anything. He's just big. Yeah, that's it. But he's he's not even getting any blocks though. He averages less than a block a game, less than a steal a game. Um, this is also off of last year: seventeen points, ten rebounds. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, how do you replace DeAndre Ayton? Probably pretty easily, and not on a max contract. <laughs> just. <laughs> Almost every big man in the NBA should be able to give you 17 and 10. Especially when you have Chris Paul out there and Devin Booker. Like Those two aren't rebounding, so it's not like they're stealing rebounds from him. They're opening up a lot of looks for him. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that the – I know the Suns didn't want to give him a max contract. I think they came out and said it, and that was part of the, the problems there. Now they are. Um, I don't know. I guess that you maybe hold on to him and then try to get him traded. Yep. Only played fifty eight games last year, but that's the NBA. Um, I, I, I guess they're probably not happy if you're the the Suns. Like, ah, shit. Like, yeah, we want to bring him back. We don't want to let him just walk for nothing. But we also didn't want to pay him that much money. I feel like that's the vibe of the front office there today. It definitely, I agree with you one hundred percent. Also going on uh, today, Tiger Woods uh, at the Open Championship. He's done for the day. It didn't look good. Shot nine over. He's going to miss the cut. Um, it, it was a nice little farewell, I, I guess, uh, at St. Andrews. He even came out and said, I think the next one comes around in 2030. I don't know if I'll be physically able to play by then. I feel like this could be my last um, open at St. Andrews. Yeah. So he, he had a nice little send-off on the 18. Yeah, um, a very emotional walk for him. Because his leg, it's hard to walk. Yeah. <laughs> because he got in a car wreck. Yeah. And that's mansplaining Tiger Woods. Um, <laughs> Appreciate that. I don't know. I don't really care. Like, I was a Tiger Woods kid. Mm-hmm. I grew up in that era. He made me interested in golf. But I'm not going to be one of those, like, oh, my gosh, it's so sad to see Tiger wave goodbye at St. Andrews. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I, if so, you yeah. care, if other our listeners yeah. do, cool. I'm not telling you how I think it's. I, I just, just think care. it's. One of those situations where, like, we're watching this guy pretty much retire. 
Like we're watching the end of Tiger Woods, right? Like it's been a solid 25, 26 year run for Tiger Woods. We've been through the high and lows with a, with him and his career, you know, on and off the course. And now it's like, okay, we've seen him be in a car accident. He's come back from that. He's played in the Masters. He's played at St. Andrews. He's playing these major tournaments. And you can tell he's just not Tiger, but at the same time, it's like we want to appreciate and pay attention to all of this because when it's over with, we don't want to be like, eh, we overlooked it. And it ever, some, some, some people might hear that and be like, yeah, like no shit, dude. But at the same time, it's just the fact that we're going to get to see just an era of greatness come to an end. And I was talking to you about it the other day off air. I was like, man, we're going to see Tiger Woods retire. We're going to see LeBron James retire. We're just going to see some of these other guys that just careers coming to an end. And it just it's going to be weird because it doesn't feel like there's the next person to like carry the torch. Does that make sense? Like with Michael Jordan, I was like, okay, we went from Michael Jordan into Kobe. And then we went from Kobe into LeBron, and it kind of transitioned that way. Right now, it's like if LeBron leaves, who does that transition to? Is it Giannis? And I still feel like it's up for debate for some people. But even with golf and like Tiger Woods, it's like, who is it going to? Is it going to Scheffler? You know what I mean? Well, is it going to Brooks Kepka? Is it going to Rory? Who's really just going to kind of take the torch and keep going Yeah, but for Tiger golf? hasn't been good in years. For sure. But it's just it's the name, you know what I mean? Like people hear Tiger Woods and it's just golf. It's gonna be uh, the live tour. I think it's gonna take over oh. when Tiger is gone. Is he gonna turn his back it's, on the PGA and go to the live tour? I th- no, I, I think he's already come out and said like yeah, he wouldn't do it. And they pretty much offered him a blank check of like, you want a billion dollars? Come play. That would be insane. And he, t- he turned it down. Or I think some people floated out to like, oh, it was probably a billion. But I think realistically, it was more like five hundred million. Mm-hmm. And he turned it down. But also, I mean, he's just—he's not playing well. It's—it's it's one of those things where I kind of wish he would have just retired a couple of years ago, or maybe not come back from this injury. It's kind of rough to see a legend go out and shoot nine over. Yeah, it's like it, no, I couldn't do that either. But yeah, I mean, he's not making the cuts. He's not finishing. And the, like the worst part is, is, like, oh, you shot nine over on eighteen holes. That's a good fucking round of golf, man. Oh, for the for average us. person, yeah. Like, I went Tuesday, and I was telling you guys, like, man, I had the best round of golf I've ever played in my life. I still shot five over But here's the on thing. nine holes. <laughs> Tiger finishes nine over. The leader is 11 under. Yeah, 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 yeah. <gasps> That's 20 <Tough>. strokes. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make your putts, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It is just I wish he would have retired because I did like him. I He is responsible for kind of getting me interested in golf as a kid and a whole generation I think that's going to go away. I don't. We're not going to see a, a torch passing because I, it, his torch is already out. He, he's <laughs> exhausted that. And who's going to take over? I don't think that there will be. Even if Tiger mm-hmm. were still good, there's nobody that's going to take that and make golf what it was when Tiger yeah, was good. Universal, just that's just love. Universal. I'm really glad that you can um, live this though. Because maybe this will make you appreciate Michael Jordan more. Because this is how Jordan's career ended. It's like, oh shit, there's no one next. Because even Kobe, it took Kobe a while. Yeah. Kobe was still very young. Uh, But this is also like Tiger Woods' effect on golf and making it cool and people watching it. That's what Jordan did for basketball. And that's where LeBron will never have that. Ever. (laughs) I guess I didn't realize the impact. Like I knew and you hear it, but it's like to experience it yourself. Like yeah, and now and you're like it explains oh, why you feel the way you feel. Yeah, it, it would uh, be like you know, 
Tiger's about to retire, but yeah, like Rory's going to take over though, and he's going to be great. And even if he were equally as great, he's never going to bring that excitement yeah, to golf. He's not like going to have that impact, it. yeah. And that's where Jordan fans, like myself, are right. <laughs> it always will be. Mm -hmm. Speaking of great things, Club 609, home of the best happy hour in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, happy hour last night was pretty good. Yeah, pretty fucking spectacular. <laughs> Two-for-one drink specials, $2 draft pours. What was that little fancy drink you had last night? Jack huh? and Diet? Is that what you were drinking? Uh, a little Crown and Diet, yeah. Crown and Diet. Crown and Diet. Mm -hmm. Crown uh, oil, baby. Apparently, they pour them pretty strong at Club 609, which is great <laughs> most times. Uh, but a great happy hour. Again, two-for-one drink specials. They bring you two of those big country. you got to be careful. They'll sneak up on you. They come quick. Or you can just be responsible and get the $2 draft pours at Club 609. I mixed it up, and that might have been my little bit of a mistake. Uh, next up, Downtown Lube, located right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri, on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com for the full list of services. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You need to get your oil changed and your tire service. So make sure you get that down and taken care of right here in Joplin at Downtown Lube. Your Downtown Lube ad read is definitely where the McConaughey comes in. Uh, There's a lot of pauses in it. Like I, it was mentioned yesterday. Uh -huh. I 100% heard it today. Wow. And I get it. It's a lot of those pauses. You see, the thing about Texas is that they're going to be really good at football. Ah, <laughs> I'm Matthew McConaughey. That's kind of where I get with the downtown loop is where I feel like I talk really fast Like when I'm making the points. I give a little bit of a pause. So you go 100% opposite, slow down <laughs> yeah and your voice gets lower too you're not as loud i hear it i don't know who man i don't yesterday. even realize i'm gonna try to ignore it because i don't want it to become like a thing where people are like oh he's definitely doing this on purpose now because that will happen in my mind like my mind's like matthew mcconaughey this motherfucker like and then it's gonna be like oh you nailed it and you guys come out and be like yeah you're saying niff it's like i know but i <laughs> sound like matthew mcconaughey here's a peek behind the curtain though in podcasting and like the ad reads it's actually hard to do something different yeah like, like I just get so much in a rhythm. We don't have uh, we don't have a script. Reads yeah, we we have come up with those. Lube. We've come up with those on our own. <laughs> like anything I say about Gunspot and Downtown Lube, I have created in my own mind and have somehow just memorized and can say it on the spot anywhere I am. I've done it to Mark out like in public, and he's like, "That's so fucking awesome, man!" Like I love you, brother. <laughs> hey, as long as and I'm just it. like, I was like, "Hey, I love you too, Mark. Appreciate you, man." Uh, check. <laughs> yeah, right. Do definitely appreciate all of our great sponsors. You should check them out. Um, helps us help you. Uh, the home run derby, though. Monday. This one snuck up on me. I, this week flew by. Home run derby on Monday night. They announced all their their final participants. Corey Seager, the last one to join. Uh, we kind of talked about him. I'm excited to see that. Also, a former Dodger going yep. back to L.A. Let your fans see you a little bit, too. And also... I mean, he's a big shortstop. I think he can put up some numbers. But I did want to talk, um, maybe even draft, all-time home run derby participants for mm. our five for Friday. I'm going to let you go first because I feel like you need it. Yeah, I just took my sunglasses off. I kind of forgot I had them on. <laughs> Peek behind the curtain. Hungover, guys. Real bad. Uh-huh. Have my sunglasses on. It's bright in this. You morning. know what? Can yeah, I? Like it is very bright. But number one, Mark McGuire. Can I call you out before Please. you make your first pick, and maybe give you time to think about it? You were trying to get other friends of ours to come out last night. 
Who? Right. Hey, like, come out, have a drink with us. We're all at 609. Uh, and a friend said, like, no, <laughs> I have a big meeting tomorrow. Don't want to do it hungover. And you were even like, like, we can't operate hungover, blah, blah, blah. And then here you are. <laughs> oh, I remember when you told me we were going to have a quick show today? Four <laughs> words. Uh, first pick, though, you're going, uh, you're going Mark McGuire. Oh, Mark McGuire. Okay. Um, this, we're going to go snake draft, right? Yep. Okay, you took Mark McGuire. You're talking home run derby, correct? Yeah. I'm going to take Babe Ruth <laughs> in my all-time home run derby because, I don't know, it's fucking Babe Ruth. <laughs> and you didn't take him first. You could have went like... We're talking home run derby. Who's had the most home runs in a home run derby? Isn't that answer not Mark McGuire? I thought that was a fantastic pick. I just thought it was going to be a very obvious, like, Babe Ruth would be number one overall. I guess I I think it's a a, a good pick. Like okay, Mark McGuire, but I really thought like okay, here's a layup. I'll give him Babe Ruth. <laughs> My second pick, snake draft. I'm going Ken Griffey Jr. And even if you want to like that fits into your whole like wait, this is a home run derby. Okay, cool. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Just one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah. So I mean. If I go next and pick Barry Bonds, am I also crazy? Nope, that's a good pick. You okay. picked Mark McGuire before Barry Bonds. I definitely did. The all-steroid just... team there. <laughs> Sorry, I just like to do things more naturally with like a good swing with my two possibly African Yeah, I just like the stick to ball, ball go far. <laughs> yeah. We're hey, needle. You're up again. Why don't you take Jose Canseco? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Giancarlo Stanton. Stanton. Yep. Okay. I feel like I'm just, I'm winning this. Go ahead. Very, very much. Uh, I'm up again. I'm going to take Mickey Mantle because he's my favorite player of all time. No, I didn't get to watch him play. Uh, but he also um, is rumored to have some of the longest home runs in history. Over, well over 500 feet. But mm -hmm. it's almost become legend for Mickey Mantle. But I, I'm definitely taking him on my list. I've got my top three guys so far. Yeah, good for you. I mean, where's your next one here, Snake Draft? <laughs> uh, my next one is its going to be a little bit difficult. I'm going to maybe steal one of your steroid-era guys and take Sammy Sosa. Well, that's going to be my next one, so son of a guy. Uh, I also, I really liked Sammy Sosa as a kid. I, the McGuire versus Sosa stuff, I was team Sammy Sosa. Mm -hmm. And... Cork the bat, take the steroids, whatever you want to do. Just come smash, smash dingers for me. <laughs> okay, so for my last two, I'm going to go Aaron Judge and Valdemir, uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Guerrero, my God, Vlad Guerrero Jr. I just, my mind, dude. He holds a record for most home runs in a round with 40. He's uh -huh. got to be on there. <laughs> Vlad Jr., let's just throw that out there. Thank you. <laughs> all right, for my last pick in this all-time home run derby, I'm going to take Hank Aaron, the all-time home run leader. Man, that's fine. You take you take all these old guys. Baseball they don't have doesn't exist for you until 1998. <laughs> <laughs> They've been playing it for yeah, 150 years. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're you going to go all the time. These guys, they don't have the stamina to last anymore, man. They can't. They're dead. They can't even play. Exactly, yeah. Oh, what? Did you think we were doing gold currently? Like, what? Honestly, doing? yeah. I kind of thought it would be like, <laughs> in the last, you come out with fucking Babe Ruth. I was like, I was not prepared to go that far back. <laughs> Did I, I read all say, time? Yeah. 100%. Was I looking at stats and records? Right there. Yes. <laughs> All time. <laughs> Your list is not as bad as I'm making it out to be <laughs> because of the, like, in a home run derby. McGuire, yeah. <laughs> so exciting. I remember his home run derby in Fenway uh, just crushing it over the green monster. So, like, that's not as bad as a pick as I led on to be. Yeah. Barry Bonds is a very, very solid number two. I just wish... <laughs> we would have been recording this like with a camera so you could see the look on your face when I took Mark McGuire and you're like uh, I'm taking Babe Ruth <laughs> and then you go and I'm getting King Griffey Jr. This was I come r- back with Barry Bonds and you're like you took Mark McGuire over Barry Bonds hey I did cool I'll take Mickey Mantle <laughs> you fucking imbecile <laughs> um, I don't know let us know who you one, I, I guess. I feel like I'm the champion. I yeah, I, I honestly would probably pick your team. You go all time. I said, hey, how about the last 20 years? Yeah. 2002 and up, baby. <laughs> My mom in the chat, hey, I feel the pain, kiddo. I guess she decided to drink on a Thursday as well. Uh, apple all doesn't right. fall far from the tree. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, feeling it today. So how about we end it there? Wait, who was your last pick? Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. There it is. Hey, I'm back, baby. <laughs> Vlad Guillermo Jr. <laughs> oh, you don't you don't even know about Vlad Geronimo. Guillermo? Do you even watch baseball? You don't. Okay, you don't know who Vlad Guillermo is. Okay, <laughs> you don't Maybe. know Vlad Geronimo. <laughs> Get out of here. Right. All right. That's it for us today. We appreciate you guys joining us, putting up with us, as you always do every weekday, right here in the calling app from uh, 10 a.m. till till the party's over. Yeah. Party's over today. Hope you guys enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday.